Good morning and welcome to the Saturday, January 13th episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. The Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is dedicated to prayer, devotion, scripture reading, and Bible study. The Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a humble member of the Christian podcast community. You can find us over at christianpodcastcommunity.org. There's a lot of great listening over there, over 60 well-curated podcasts, wide, wide variety of topic areas, all covered from a biblical worldview. My brothers and sisters in Christ over there doing a great job for the kingdom. I would encourage you to go over there. I will guarantee you you're going to find something over there you want to listen to. And there's a real good possibility you're going to find more over there to listen to than you actually have time to listen to it in. So again, I would encourage you to go on over there. All right. Well, with it being Saturday, you know, we finished our Bible study for the week last evening. So with it being Saturday and Sunday, we're just going to be reading through the scripture. So let's go ahead and open up with the seventh day morning prayer. It's called God's good pleasure. Let's pray. Sovereign Lord, thy will is supreme in heaven and earth, and all beings are creatures of thy power. Thou art the Father of our spirits. Thy inspiration gives us understanding. Thy providence governs our lives. But, O God, we are sinners in thy sight. Thou hast judged us so, and if we deny it, we make thee a liar. Yet in Christ thou art reconciled to excuse me, to thy rebellious subjects. Wow, sorry. Give us the ear of faith to hear him, the eye of faith to see him, the hand of faith to receive him, the appetite of faith to feed upon him, that we might find in him light, riches, honor, eternal life. Thou art the inviting one. May we hearken to thee. The almighty instructor, teach us to live to thee. The light dweller, inaccessible to man and angels, hiding thyself behind the elements of creation, but known to us in Jesus. Possess our minds with the grandeur of thy perfections. Thy love to us in Jesus is firm and changeless. Nothing can separate us from it, and in the enjoyment of it, nothing can make us miserable. Preserve us from hypocrisy and formality in religion. Enable us to remember what thou art and what we are. To recall thy holiness and our unworthiness. Help us to approach thee clothed with humility. For vanity, forwardness, insensibility, disorderly affection, backwardness to duty, proneness to evil are in our hearts. Let us never forget thy patience, wisdom, power, faithfulness, care, and never cease to respond to thy invitations. Amen. All right. In our morning devotion from Spurgeon's Morning and Evening for January 13th, the text is from 1 Kings 22, verse 48. Jehoshaphat made ships of Tharshish. Oh, I think it means Tarshish, Tarshish, I guess, I guess in that translation it was Tarshish, sorry. So 1 Kings twenty-two forty-eight. Jehoshaphat made ships of Tarshish to go to Ophir for gold, but they went not, for the ships were broken at Ezion-Gabir. I'm assuming that was just the translation that, that Spurgeon was using. Um, you got to realize, he, I think he was in King James, so it may be Tarshish in ours. And like the LSB, the NASB, the ESV. Anyways, so I'll go on with the devotion. Solomon's ships had returned in safety, but Jehoshaphat's vessels never reached the land of gold. Providence prospers one and frustrates the desires of another. In the same business and at the same spot, yet the great ruler is as good and wise as at one time as another. May we have grace today in the remembrance of this text to bless the Lord for ships broken at Ezion Gabir, as well as for vessels fr- freighted with temporal blessings. 
Let us not envy the more successful, nor murmur at our losses, as though we were singularly and specially tried. Like Jehoshaphat, may we be may we be precious in the Lord's sight, although our schemes end in disappointment. The secret cause of Jehoshaphat's loss is well worthy of notice, for it is the root. Sorry about that. Um, for it is the root of very much of the suffering of the Lord's people. It was his alliance with a sinful family, his fellowship with sinners. In Second Chronicles twenty thirty seven, we are told that the Lord sent a prophet to declare, because thou hast joined thyself with Ahaziah, the Lord hath broken thy works. This was a fatherly chastisement, which appears to have been blessed to him. For in the verse which succeeds our morning's text, we find him refusing to, his, uh, to allow his servants to sail in the same vessels with those of the wicked king. Would to God that Jehoshaphat's experience might be a warning to the rest of the Lord's people, to avoid being unequally yoked together with unbelievers. A life of misery is usually the lot of those who are united in marriage or in any other way of their own choosing with the men of the world. Oh, for such love to Jesus that, like him, we may be holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners. For if it be not so with us, we may expect to hear it often said, The Lord hath broken thy works. All right. Um, real quick, I want to look something up for you real quick. Um, you know, Spurgeon sitting there talking about being unequally yoked. Um, and it made me think of um, a wonderful, wonderful podcast I just listened to from a brother of mine. Um, well, from two brothers of mine, though only one recorded this episode. Um, the other one was having internet issues and such because of the storms and stuff that went through Alabama and Mississippi and all of that, because he's over in Mississippi, which makes me miss my, miss my folks home. Uh, that's where my father's from. Family's been there since the 1700s, um, out in Western Mississippi. Um, but voice of reason radio. So over at Christian podcast community, you can go find voice of reason radio with Chris Honholz and rich story. And Chris did an episode this week, um, on the ninth, on the ninth, it said, it says, are we unequally yoked with the conservative movement? Yes. Yes, we are. And he makes, he makes a beautiful, beautiful scriptural, um, explanation and exposition of that. So, definitely worth your while. Please go listen to him. It is very, very, very worth it. Uh, Chris did a great, great job. I, I keep meaning to share it on social media and I need to go do that. Actually, I'm going to do that when I'm through recording here because it's definitely worth your while. Please go listen to him. Voice of Reason Radio, you can find it over at Christian Podcast Community. Um, but, but please go listen to him. Are we unequally yoked with the conservative movement? Read it. Or read it. Listen to it. Sorry. Listen to it. You need to go do it. It's definitely worth your while. All right. So anyways, so little advertisement there from my brother. Uh, my brothers, I should say, for he and Rich both. All right. So getting into our reading today, uh, we're going to read from Genesis 28 and 29, Matthew 9, verse 18 through 38, which is the end of the chapter. Psalm 11, the first seven verses. And actually, I think that's all that's in Psalm 11. I don't know why I wrote down verse 1 through 7. And then Proverbs 3, verse 11 and 12. So Genesis 28. So Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and commanded him and said to him, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Paddan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father. And from there, take to yourself a wife from the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. 
May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become an assembly of peoples. May he also give you the blessing of Abraham to you and to your seed with you, that you may possess the land of your sojourning, which God gave to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Paddan Aram to Laban, son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, the mother of Jacob and Esau. And Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Paddan Aram to take for himself a wife from there, and that when he blessed him, he commanded him, saying, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. And that Jacob had listened to his father and his mother and had gone to Paddan Aram. So Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan were displeasing in the sight of his father Isaac. And Esau went to Ishmael and took Mahaleth, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebaioth, to be his wife, besides the wives that he had. Then Jacob departed from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he reached a certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head and laid down in that place. Then he had a dream, and behold, a ladder stood on the earth with its top touching heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, Yahweh stood above it and said, I am Yahweh, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie. I will give it to you and to your seed, and your seed will also be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not forsake you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely Yahweh is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How fearsome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on its top. And he called the name of that place Bethel, however previously the name of the city had been Luz. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me on this journey on which I am going, and will give me food to eat and garments to wear, and I return to my father's house in peace, then Yahweh will be my God. Now this stone which I have set up as a pillar will be God's home, and of all that you give me I will surely give a tenth to you. Genesis 29 then Jacob took up his journey and came to the land of the sons of the east. And he looked, and behold, a well in the field. And behold, three flocks of sheep were lying there beside it. For from that well they gave water to the flocks to drink. Now the stone on the mouth of the well was large, and all the flocks would be gathered there, and they would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and give water to the sheep to drink, and return the stone back to its place on the mouth of the well. And Jacob said to them, My brothers, where are you from? And they said, We are from Haran. Then he said to them, Do you know Laban the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said to them, Is it well with him? And they said, It is well. And here is Rachel his daughter coming with the sheep. And he said, Behold, it is still high day. It, it is not time for the livestock to be gathered. Give water to the sheep to drink and go pasture them. But they said, We cannot, until all the flocks are gathered, and they roll the stone from the mouth of the well. Then we give water to the sheep to drink. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. Now it happened when Jacob saw Rachel the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the mouth of the well, and gave water to the flock of Laban, his mother's brother, to drink. 
Then Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and that, and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. So it happened that when, <clears throat> sorry, that when Laban heard the report of Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and he embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. Then he recounted to Laban all these things. <clears throat> and Laban said to him, surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him one month. Then Laban said to Jacob, because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the, of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. And Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and beautiful in appearance. Now Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than to give her to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they were in his sight but a few days because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Laban, give me your I'm sorry, give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. And Laban gathered all the men of the place and made a feast. Now it happened in the evening that he took his daughter Leah and brought her to him, and Jacob went in to her. Laban also gave his servant woman Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a servant woman. Now it happened in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served with you? Why then have you deceived me? But Laban said, It is not the practice in our place to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill the week of this one, and we will give you the other also for the service which you shall serve with me for another seven years. And Jacob did so, and fulfilled her week, and he gave him his daughter Rachel as his wife. Laban also gave his servant woman Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her servant woman. So Jacob went into Rachel also, and indeed he loved Rachel more than Leah, and he served with Laban for another seven years. And Yahweh saw that Leah was unloved, and he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and named him Reuben. For she said, Because Yahweh has seen my affliction, surely now my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because Yahweh has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. So she named him Simeon. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will be joined to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore he was named Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, This time I will praise Yahweh. Therefore she named him Judah. Then she stopped bearing. All right, Matthew 9, verse 18 through the end of the chapter. While he was saying these things to them, behold, a synagogue official came and was bowing down before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus got up and began to follow him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she was saying to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be saved from this. But Jesus, turning and seeing her, said, Daughter, take courage, your faith has saved you. At once the woman was saved from her hemorrhage. And when Jesus came into the official's house and saw the flute players and the crowd in noisy disorder, he was saying, Leave, for the girl has not died, but is asleep. And they began laughing at him. But when the crowd had been sent out, coming in, he took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And this news spread throughout all that land. And as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, Have mercy on us, son of David. 
And when he entered the house, the blind men came up to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, It shall be done to you according to your faith. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him throughout all that land. Now as they were going out, behold, a mute demon-possessed man was brought to him. And after the demon was cast out, the mute man spoke, and the crowd marveled, saying, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees were saying, He casts out the demons by the ruler of the demons. And Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And... <clears throat> Excuse me, and seeing the crowds, he felt compassion for them, because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. And Psalm 11. For the choir director of David. In Yahweh I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, Flee as a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string to shoot in darkness at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Yahweh is in his holy temple. Yahweh's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids test the sons of men. Yahweh tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence his soul hates. May he rain snares upon the wicked. Fire and brimstone and burning wind will be the portion of their cup. For Yahweh is righteous. He loves righteousness. The upright will behold his face. Finally, Proverbs 3, verses 11 and 12. My son, do not reject the discipline of Yahweh or loathe his reproof. For whom Yahweh loves, he reproves, even as a father reproves the son in whom he delights. All right, well, that is our Bible reading for the day. Um, all right. And we are going to do, like, like we did last week, but we did it with MacArthur's, we are going to do our evening devotion, our second devotion for the day. We're going to do this from Thomas Watson's Glorifying God. Um, and the text for it is from Psalm 100, verse 3. It is he who has made us. We must glorify God because he gives us our being. We think it, I'm sorry, we think it a great kindness in a man to spare our life. But what kindness is it in God to give us our life? We draw our breath from him, and all the comforts of life are from him. He gives us health to sweeten our life, and food that nourishes the lamp of life. If all we receive is from his bounty, isn't it reasonable that we should glorify him? Shouldn't we live for him since we live by him? For of him and through him are all things. Romans 11.36 All we have is from his fullness. All we have is through his free grace. It follows, therefore, to him be glory forever. God is not our benefactor only, but our founder, as rivers that come from the sea empty their silver streams into the sea again. We must also glorify God, because he has made all things for his own glory. The Lord hath made all things for himself, Proverbs 16.4, that is, for his glory. God will have glory out of everything, even the wicked, but he has especially made the godly for his glory. They are the lively organs of his praise, the people. He f the people he formed for himself, Isaiah 43, 12. They cannot add to his glory, but they may exalt, exalt it. They cannot raise him in heaven, but they may raise him in the esteem of others here. 
God has adopted the saints into his family and made them a royal priesthood that they should show forth the praise of him who has called them. All right. Well, that is our episode for the day. I thank you for spending this time with me. Um, I, I would, I hope you have yourself a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend. I would continue to implore you to do all you do for the glory of God. And I hope to see you tomorrow again. It's the weekend and I hope within your plans, um, is worshiping with the saints. Um, please, please. We are called to physically worship with the saints. And if you can do so, you should. Um, and I've told you before uh, uh, about a number of church finders. I know founders ministry, founders.org. They have a church finder. Um, the master seminary has a church finder where again, you can find master's graduates. Um, and the majority of them are super solid. Um, I, it's, I don't know if it's at gty.org, maybe not. Um, but it's probably at TMS for the master seminary, tms.edu. I believe the, the finder is there for graduate finder. Um, so you can find solid churches there. Um, I'll tell you if you're in, well, obviously you're in our area. I'd love to have you at Vail Valley Baptist church and you can look that up, uh, for an address. Um, it's valleyvalleybaptistchurch.org is our website. Um, if you're up in Casa Grande, um, sorry, let me look it up again real quick. Um, There it is. Um, if you're up in the Casa Grande, Arizona area, um, Providence Reformed Baptist Church, that is where, where a brother of mine, Gabe Hughes, is now pastor. He's been there a couple of months now. He and Becky are up there and their family. Um, and he's taken that over recently. Go join them. You, you will be truly blessed, I am sure. Um, but if you can't do any of these things, if you can't physically visit, can't physically join, please join us on live stream. Uh, we, we st live stream on Facebook and on Twitter on Facebook. It's at Vail, it's at Vail Valley Baptist church. You can find us on Twitter there or, or on Facebook there. And on Twitter, we're at VVB church. So we start at 1230 PM Eastern standard time with our live stream. It'll be an hour, hour and a half. Um, so, and we'd, we'd love to have you there if you cannot physically join anywhere else. All right. Well, let's go ahead and close out with prayer. We're going to close out with the Lord's day Eve prayer. So let's pray. God of the passing hour, another week has gone and I have been preserved in my going out and my coming in. Thine has been the vigilance that has turned threat and evils aside. Thine the supplies that have nourished me. Thine the comforts that have indulged me. Thine the relations and friends that have delighted me. Thine the means of grace which have edified me. Thine the book which amidst all my enjoyments has told me that this is not my rest. That in all successes one thing alone is needful to love my Savior. Nothing can equal the number of thy mercies but my imperfections and sins. These, O God, I will neither conceal nor palliate, but confess with a broken heart. In what condition would secret reviews of my life leave me, were it not for the assurance that with thee there is plenteous redemption, that thou art a forgiving God, that thou mayest be feared? While I hope for pardon through the blood of the cross, I pray to be clothed with humility, to be quickened in thy way, to be more devoted to thee, to keep the end of my life in view, to be cured of the folly of delay and indecision, to know how frail I am, to number my days and apply my heart unto wisdom. Amen. All right, again, I hope you have yourself a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend, and I hope to see you tomorrow morning. Have a good one. God bless.